Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how's it going today? It is going wonderfully today, Tim. We're coming up to the holiday season. And despite how cold-hearted, you know, we we both are, we're, we're very cold-hearted SOBs, time of year where you just uh, really reflect and take a stock of everything that you appreciate. You're absolutely right. And uh, one of those things that I appreciate, well, I mean, there's a million, honestly, our listeners, right? I lo- love it. Love our listeners. I would love it if every single one of them gave us a five-star review. But I also love having these lighter conversations that we get to do occasionally. Um, Like in this episode, Lance, we're speaking with Jason, who has a new podcast called Santa Maybe a Criminal. It is a a wonderful conversation. It's a wonderful show. Jason's a wonderful human being. He's worked with us uh, pretty closely within the network for a long time, uh, editing uh, several shows and very talented individual. He's been working on this for, I, I think, maybe almost a year. He's been rolling this around and developing this show, uh, getting it ready for the holiday season. And it was really, according to him, born out of a love for the true crime storytelling space and satire. And it is hilarious. And he's done a great job assembling this. Yes, he really has. And it's getting better as it goes. I think there are four episodes that are out there right now, but there will be more soon. And you can get them all at his website, santamaybe.com. Great URL, too. Um, And we'll also link to all of his uh, social channels in the show notes. So to circle back to a point you made earlier and to tie it all together... If you give us a one-star review or a two-star review, we're going to mark you down as naughty. We're going to let Jason know that Santa now knows that you're naughty. A five-star review? That's nice. Thanks a lot for listening. Make sure to check out Santa Maybe a Criminal. Welcome to the podcast, Jason Uzray. How the hell are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Couldn't be better. I thought we had Santa Claus himself here. Uh, when you said Jason, I was like, where is he? But now I'm I'm seeing that it's actually Jason and not Santa Claus. Uh, he's definitely in the Christmas spirit here. Uh, and also in his workshop, looks like um, looks like you're running some some tests over there in your workshop. That's an autopsy room. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, some some insight into where the story might be going, maybe. Before we get into this incredible podcast that you have put together, let's hear a little bit about you and who you are and how are you in this world? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am a, obviously, you mentioned I've got a new podcast that's out, but my background is in television and video production for uh, the last almost 20 years. Uh, I went to school uh, in southeast uh, or southwest Georgia, uh, University of Valdosta State University, um, where I uh, I wanted to write and make movies, but the program was more journalism based. So I pestered my professors enough that they finally created a screenwriting curriculum and gave me an opportunity to do some some things that were of a more narrative nature. And uh, after I graduated college. In the early 2000s, I, I worked on a, an independent film as an AD, uh, and then I went into the television 
uh, local television uh, production. And I've been doing that ever since. Born out of sort of the pandemic last year, I, I was kind of creatively frustrated. I wanted to have some sort of outlet. Um, I've written a couple of movies as well that have been produced. Uh, so I, I started writing uh, a movie, but I, I had wanted to produce a podcast uh, for the last couple of years. I had an idea, not this one, but a, a different one. And uh, as I was kind of, I was actually on the, the way this podcast came about, uh, which is Santa may be a criminal. It, I was on a text thread with uh, some other folks you all know, um, Rebecca Sebastian, uh, Scott Musgrove, Shiloh Katniss, and Michelle Kazuba. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the prop was, but they, uh, I said, this makes me want to do my Santa Claus is a criminal podcast. And they said, wait, what? And that sort of spurned the, the conversation and, and everything. And, and that's how it, that was the seed that, that started it all. I, I want to go back just a little bit. You said that you pestered um, your professors and they developed a uh, screenwriting curriculum. Yeah, Did they do it because you said we need a well, screenwriting curriculum? I don't know if it was because of me. I know it happened around the time I was bugging them. Um, actually, one of the, uh, the characters, uh, Rodney Dale Murphy, who uh, is in the first episode uh, of, the, of the podcast, uh, he's sort of the catalyst for the whole story. Um, that that guy's a name uh his name is frank barnes and he's the actual he's the professor who actually created the screenwriting curriculum um but yeah the the program did not have a uh, a really a narrative format to it it was all very journalism based very focused on putting students into the local news track and i wrote screenplays i knew he wrote screenplays and we were kind of trading scripts back and forth and just like giving commentary on, you know, each of them uh, on them as we get, you know, shared them. And yeah, and they, they, they developed a, a, a screenplay curriculum. I wrote a screenplay called uh, Trojan Horse, which was about a condom designer whose condom designs were stolen by the American government for military purposes. And um, yeah, and that, that's how that started, you know, continuing down the, the path of, of, of making creating content in that program. I also was fortunate enough to convince my, another professor who is actually my advisor to allow me to produce a short film in, uh, for credit in the, in my senior year. So uh, the fall semester was, you know, prep and the script was already written. So prep and, uh, in production. And then the spring semester was post and, and you know, marketing and screening it for uh, for a group of people. So I was really fortunate that they they, they all really gave me an opportunity to um, sort of step outside the bounds of what the program was to to do something a little different. And it's all led you here um, to this moment where you have created a podcast that sort of satirizes, I guess, the true crime landscape a little bit. Um, but it does take place in the real world, a world where Santa Claus exists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I was on this, this text thread with, with those, those rogue elves I mentioned before, and, um, and they really, uh, sort of perpetuated the idea. It was something I had kind of written a little piece of early on. I was fascinated with, um, 
you know, I love Christmas. I grew up loving Christmas like like anybody. I love the true crime genre. I love comedy. Um, I love sort of the earnestness of of people. Um, and particularly, you know, and I'm from the South, particularly Southern people who take things, you know, very seriously. Um, there are some some callbacks to other podcasts or, or nods to other podcasts sort of throughout the season um, that we that we are poking at, you know, gently poking at. But yeah, this is it's a it's a world where Santa Claus is real and the stakes for people around Christmas time are very, very real and taken very seriously. They, they want to make sure that they are uh, on the nice list and not the naughty list. Uh, they don't want coal and uh, their and their stockings. Um, but the uh, yeah, the, it's it's uh, it was a fun project. It's a fun project to write and it's, it's sort of taken on a little bit of a life of its own. And um, I've got a lot of, you know, true crime podcasters that will that will be featured throughout the season. Uh, their voices will be featured as characters throughout the season. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, about that and um, and about the, the way that the story is kind of shaping up and, you know, it's sort of becoming its own universe and that I have some ideas on, you know, a couple of spinoff stories uh, as well as already the plan for a second season, potentially a third season, uh, if, if you know, things go well enough. Well, okay. Tell us a little bit about the story. I don't want you to give out any uh, spoilers because um, I don't want you to get any coal in your stocking this year for doing so, but can you uh, give us a, a synopsis of what season one entails? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so Richie Buck is a, is a, Pod, as an amateur podcaster, uh, I went out and found a guy who sounded virtually exactly like me, uh, named Richie Buck, to host the show. And uh, he's an amateur podcaster who uh, who really loves Christmas. And uh, he's confronted with the reality that Santa Claus is actually arrested on Christmas Eve while he's delivering presents. Now, Santa is arrested because he is at the scene of a, a, at a death scene where um, a, grand, a grandmother is um, dead on the side of the road, very near his reindeer. So uh, Santa is also inebriated at the time. Um, he, has, he has imbibed a little too much what we call hunch punch uh, down here in the South. And, and the reason is because uh, Rodney Dale Murphy, who, who I mentioned, um, he and his wife were out of milk. And so they had to leave Santa something to wash down uh, his wife's peanut butter cookies, which are impossible to swallow. So makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Santa has his hunch punch. He flies away. And um, then he is found... Uh, at the scene of this 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 death, um, and he is uh, believed to have hit this grandmother with his reindeer, and uh, and he is he is taken into custody there, and a lot of Richie Bucks um, he he approaches the story as an investigation, but with the bias of wanting to save Christmas and wanting to free Santa Claus because he sort of takes it on himself as uh, he's, he's now the anointed one to save Christmas. So yeah, that's, that's sort of it in a nutshell. And then he runs in, he, you know, he meets, um, it turns out he's, he's related to almost every person in town 
by some sort of, you know, third cousin sort of way. You know, he, he works with local law enforcement, including uh, the sheriff, a guy named Bradley Dewberry, and um, Detective Samantha Strong, who's the, sort of the lead investigator on the case. And um, so he's, he works with them, and then he he raises funds. He's, he's unhappy with the, the sort of defense that Santa Claus has been provided, so he, he raises funds to find a better defense attorney. Uh, he, he does strike out on a, a trip to the North Pole to, to get some sort of on-the-ground background about Santa Claus. Um, and again, all of this in hopes that he, he in fact, uh, will save, save Christmas. You know, I was just thinking about something. Um, you mentioned that you sort of take some shots at um, other podcasts over the course of the show, and there's only two episodes that are out right now. But if there is a single shot at us, I will bring the wrath of vengeance down upon thee. <laughs> yeah, I certainly couldn't take it. <laughs> couldn't take a shot at you guys. But yeah, that. <laughs> Uh, I, I have thought about, you know, there are some um, unique products that are that are placed in the in the show. And and I was thinking about uh, promoting Jack in the Box um, as a great place to eat based off of a, a recent edit that, <laughs> that I got to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the, the first the first episode, for instance, and again, there will be multiple different um, unique North Pole uh, inspired products. And, and of course, one of the, the staples of podcasts are there are a lot of uh, companies and brands that repeatedly, um, you know, sponsor podcasts. And so the, in the first episode of Santa may be a criminal. Uh, it is sponsored by Better Elf, um, which is a, a, um, a company that provides um, therapy services um, not unlike some that, that exist in the world. So anyhow, there are a lot of different ones of those that, that will be, you know, making their, their appearance, uh, throughout the show as well. How long did it, how long did it take for you to conceive this and put together the episodes and then, and then fold in those, um, parody ads like, like better elf? Yeah. Um, so the, the episodes themselves, you know, I, I can write an episode in about a day, you know, um, you know, if I really sit down and that's after, you know, really kind of conceptualizing what, what it needs to have in it. Um, and, and this season also, there, there are things that sort of have moved from episode to episode as I've sort of continued to try to work on the structure, like the, the story structure of the show, of the season. Um, in terms of editing, editing the shows, I, I've kind of nailed it down to sort of about an average of about 45 minutes a page. And that's because again, right now he's still early in the season, you know, I, I'm, I'm sourcing sound effects and I'm finding different music tracks and I'm, you know, so I'm kind of working on a linear path through the episodes. Um, I think that'll get a, a, a little quicker sort of by the end, but that's a, a lot of its discovery right throughout. And then, you know, for for Richie, he's just he lives right around the corner, so I can just go grab him and have him revoice things as needed, you know, to to fix plot holes, um, if I if I need to, uh, as we sort of move through the season, leaning into a lot of the things like Grandma got run over by a reindeer, leaning into these things that we've heard 
continuously, you know, throughout our lives surrounding Christmas. The parody ads, those were things that were, were something that I wanted to do immediately. And that was one of the things that really um, kind of got me going. Uh, we have in, in episode two, um, Sledbox, uh, instead of Redbox, you know, rent North Pole-based movies. Um, DoorDasher uh, provides food instead of DoorDash. Um, so, you know, there are these different um, things, and that was always part of the, the idea was I wanted to make sure. Um, I'm really excited about, um, if you know the product, um, Manscaped, I'm really excited about the parody of that one, um, which will be coming in an episode soon. But um, yeah, there, there's, that was always part of it was that, you know, again, it's a way to kind of make fun of, you know, the genre in a lighthearted way, because that's the thing, like, I'm not trying to be, you know, vindictive or malicious about it. It's all in good fun. And it's all with, you know, um, the utmost respect to people that actually create content. Um, but I think it's fun to, to have a laugh with it as well. And when you come up with these parody ads, like the, um, when you came up with the one for Manscaped, like, are you just sitting at your dining, your dining room table and having dinner and, and then you just think of it and you start laughing and then your wife has to say like, what are you laughing at? Sometimes, um, with that one in particular, I was actually on a walk, uh, in the neighborhood and, um, I was listening to, if you want to hear something really funny and, and Scott would, would kill me, will kill me when he hears me say this. If you go back and find LA Not So Confidential's Manscapes ad that they did, I don't remember when this was. It might have been late last year, early this year. That's when I was like, I have to parody that that product because it was it was just hysterical. Like I texted him, I was like, "This is the funniest thing I think I've ever heard." I know you're you're reading an ad, um, but to but knowing him and you know all that, like it was it was just. I just was crying, laughing, walking down the street. And, um, but that's what, that's when a lot of it is. It's sort of the, the repetition of hearing these things, you know, consistently throughout podcasts. The, the fortunate thing is that Christmas is so pervasive now. It touches on so many different things. It's not that difficult to find a tie and find a link back to those ads. So you've got things like Sherry's Berries. Well, we got Mary's Berries. Um, so, We've, there are a lot of ways to kind of kind of fold in like the language of Christmas or, or that theme into these different products. And then, of course, if, if I can't find a way, then I just find a different a different product to, to attach it to. Right. And we mentioned this is uh, this takes place in uh, the real world, uh, the world where Santa exists. Um, I've seen some Krampus out in the hills by my house lately. Is there any Krampus uh, in this show? So Krampus, Krampus will make an appearance, but not, I don't think he's going to make an appearance this season. I may write something in there at the end. The Easter Bunny does make, will make an appearance um, because in, in this world, the, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, all of these, all of these um, different myths are, are very real. And, and, and in this story, um, we, we don't necessarily call out a town. Uh, we do call out a county and, and the county is Screven County here in Georgia. And the reason that I chose that county is because there is a town called Santa Claus, Georgia, that is that's in that county. So there are a lot of like little things like that that I've I've placed. If if you listen to the, the first trailer, um when when it says um the GPS says how far 
Richie is from the North Pole. Um, that distance, plus I added um, 8675309 miles on the end because I'm a fan of the 80s and I'm throwing things in like that too. Why um, not? Right? You know, why not? Exactly. I can do whatever I want, right? Um, so, uh, but the, 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 that distance before that sort of suffix is the actual distance from Santa Claus, Georgia to the North Pole. So, you know, and then there's Morse code. If you listen, Morse code is the preferred method of communication at the North Pole. There, there are pieces of Morse code in that first trailer that you can hear uh, throughout. And those do actually translate to real Christmas messages um, or messages about the, the storyline in particular, like Santa is innocent um, and things like that. And so I'm really trying to take it into very, very granular, granular detail and things that where I can. Um, just so there's additional things that, that can be talked about or discovered as, as people um, want to try to, you know, listen to, listen to the show. Uh, fun fact, did you know that Tim actually met Santa Claus? Is that right? The Santa Claus. This is true. That's I amazing. A fellow named Chris Kringle uh, who lived in Alaska. I believe he lived in North Pole, Alaska. Nice. Yes, this is a true story. Um, actually, John Ronson has written uh, a, sh- a short story about the same person, and he was sort of looking for him. It was, it's in his book, um, Lost at Sea. Yeah, and I actually had met him before, I guess, before he wrote that. Uh, it's an interesting story. But yeah, it was a guy uh, named Chris Kringle, um, claimed it was his um, birth name, but I don't believe that part was true. But he, he did live in um, the North Pole, Alaska. That's fantastic. I love it. That's great. He's so jealous, Tim. He he dressed like Santa and like looked like him. He had the beard. He dressed in red with boots and everything. Like he actually he actually played Santa Claus at uh, I guess it's called the Santa Claus House in that area. I think listeners out there, he he was pretty well known. So if any listeners are out there from that, feel free to send an email. Um, we can discuss. Uh, it, it's he's sort of a complicated character. And Tim has reached back into his. Uh, Tim's got everything behind him. The, the whole world's behind him. <laughs> Looks like a <laughs> looks like a business card for from is. Chris Kringle. Yeah. Yep, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. Now, you mentioned some uh spin-offs uh that are going to stem from this story. Sure. Uh can you one, it's a two-part question. One, can you uh tell us a little bit about the spin-offs and while you're telling us about that, think about your favorite television spinoff. I'm curious what your favorite television spinoff is. Part one, the the spinoffs. So I have two sort of conceptualized right now. The scripts are not written for them yet, but one that was kind of leading the pack and now the second idea is sort of taken over. The first one, the first idea I had was to look at the tooth fairy and an investigation into the tooth fairy um, because she's doing some really shady shit with all the teeth that she's collecting um and even even my little boy the other day was like hey daddy do you know the tooth fairy uses her teeth to build her castle and i'm like whoa wait a minute that's that's pretty uh interesting i don't know that i'd ever heard that what what that's, i know i don't know how out of the mouths of babes right um your, wait, your child thought of that idea i don't know if he thought of it or heard it or whatever but he told me it and i was like okay that brings it back a little bit to like in in contention with this other idea Wait, I need to I need to dig into this a little bit more. <laughs> the theory is that the tooth fairy will collect the children's teeth and then build her castle with them. 
That is I mean, what, what he else? told me. Yeah, I that's mean, amazing. What else is she doing with them? Yeah, exactly. What else is she doing with them? Yeah, little bricks, I guess. Um, yeah, she's like got a beach uh, with each sand pebble is a different tooth from all the kids around the world over the years. You know, like I love uh, it. yeah, she's, she's got, got so, so many. many. She's got millions. Yeah, billions. That's it. Wow. Yeah, and I I've actually I've talked to my dentist uh, to to come on and and be a character and and that and that series. Um, so that would be a. a uh, and we do there there is quite a bit of shade thrown at the tooth fairy the tooth fairy does not have a lot of love in, in this uh in this universe so that's one the other series um is i really want to do a deep dive into the elves at the north pole because certainly there is some there are some union issues there there are some things some some shady things that happen i, I have written the first the first line of the first script of that spinoff, and that is, I believe, in the North Pole, um, which is a callback to The Godfather, which is the first line of The Godfather is, I believe, in America. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're, that will take the route down the, the, mafia, um, the mafia way, because I, I certainly think that that, that is, is a fun and exciting way to do that. Um, and then in terms of my favorite spinoff, um gosh it's i don't know that it's necessarily but i i love the show the office like that's one of my favorite shows of all time i love the the british version of it (laughs) i love the british version before the american version was even created i hated the american pilot because it was you know just a knockoff of the british yeah um but you know when they found their stride i thought that that was the best show on tv mike sure and greg daniels spun off of that and did parks and rec um, which it took me a little time to get to enjoy, but I really, really enjoy that series now. So that was that's the first thing that comes to mind is is Parks and Rec, and even though it's not like a true spinoff, it is like thematically it's the same you know sort of idea that the office is the 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 look at the private sector, and then Parks and Rec is a look at the public sector. So I really they're kind of family like that. So that that would be what I'd say. How about you guys? Good answer. I thought you were going to say Joey. <laughs> I almost said Joey to get a reaction out of you guys, um, but I didn't want that to be on uh, on the internet. <laughs> same, same, same question to you, Tim. My favorite spinoff TV show? Gosh, I don't, I don't know. I'm really was thinking about it during during Jason's uh, answer, and I'm not really sure I have a great answer. I don't know. Joni I, loves Chachi. That's for me. That's <laughs> for for my money. Joni loves Chachi. Uh, maybe if I watched uh, Breaking Bad, I'd probably like Better Call Saul. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's a good. That's a good. But I really idea. don't. Yeah, that's a good spinoff. I, I guess. Yeah, I don't watch that much uh, TV. To and I also like. I didn't even realize that Parks and Rec was a spinoff of The Office. I knew. Yeah, it was it's, it's, people, it's not. But. Yeah, it's not the character, but it is the. Um, yeah, just the the DNA of it is is it's like a cousin, you know. It's it's very similar in the DNA. It's like and a they kissing have the same cousin. showrunners. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Joni well, loves Chachi. Can't beat it. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I love the the nature of holiday movies, you know, and and that has sort of become. Um, you know, ridiculous with the amount yeah. that are sort of pumped out each holiday season. 
But, um, you know, there's something about the Charles Dickens classic a Christmas Carol that really uh, I love, and they've redone it a million times. And it's always good, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Scrooged with Bill Murray is always uh, one of my favorites um, to watch around the holiday season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm very excited. Sorry to you mentioned Christmas Carol. Are you a fan of <laughs> Christmas Carol, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Uh, every year up in this area, the North Shore Music Theater puts on their production of A Christmas Carol. I might have even said it last year. We make it a tradition to go. We didn't go last year, obviously. So this is our first year back, and we're going this weekend, and I can't be more excited for it. That's it is fantastic. The, the end, I'm a free plug here for that. If, if, if you haven't seen it, if you're in the North Shore area of Massachusetts, do yourself a favor. The, the last, like, 10 minutes of that show, if you're not, like, on your feet, like, totally emotional, totally thankful for life, you're, you, you've, you're dead inside. That's such awesome. a timeless, timeless story. And it's a ghost story. That's my favorite yeah. part about it. Ultimately, it's, it's a, a ghost story. Absolutely. It, it really is. And it's scary, too. There are, you know, there are parts in that play, Lance, that will scare you, I'm sure, and certainly the kids out there. Um, but each version of it, you know, there's there's a few moments where uh, where it's a little creepy and scary. And it's a, go, uh, a ghost story about Christmas. I love it. Yeah. yeah I love anything that kind of takes the... the um... The, the, the familiar and then you know turns it you know just just a hair you know where you you keep the the essence of what you know the the story is um you know and the meaning of christmas but you you twist it which is again that's a part the reason that i wanted to do this podcast is because of because of that very thing taking something some things that we all love you know christmas and crime and therapy and jamming them all together and uh and seeing what we come up with and and it's and it's very fun you know what i really want to see i really want to see the version of a christmas carol that they were making in scrooged that the television production company was making with mary lou retton as tiny tim that's great (laughs) oh but you're right that that would be intense uh yeah there's like it's like an action show uh, or an action movie element to it (laughs) right yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's great lee majors as does lee majors have a podcast he he must have a podcast right <laughs> i don't know I'm gonna lee meller does lee meller does yep and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors thanks to our sponsors and now we're back to the program Okay, while we're talking about holiday films, uh, I wrote down in my notebook here, I think we should run through a few holiday films with you, Jason, and you can give them sort of a a grade um, because you're a fan of uh, Christmas and the holiday season. Um, So let's run through some of these. Uh, I'm going to start right off the top with probably one of the most famous ones, uh, A Christmas Story. So what's your grade on A Christmas Story? I'd say it's an A. A, A minus. I'm a I'm a benevolent like grade giver though. Are we are we comparing? <laughs> I'll give my grade C F. C average. Uh, it's, yeah. it's I'm gonna lasted. go with yeah C minus. I mean, it's lasted. I don't know. It's just it hasn't really connected. You have to with watch me. it every year, C- though. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't watch it every year because it's not a classic in my family. And and you know, I I don't know. I don't. No shade at people who love it. I think it's there's some great moments like when when he gets kicked down the slide, uh, the lamp, you know, things 
great moments, you know, to look back on. But to actually watch the movie, not my favorite uh, thing. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, I, I might bump my grade up a little bit because I almost <laughs> forgot that uh, Zach Ward, who played uh, Scott Farkas, follows me on Twitter. So I might have to bump <laughs> oh. that up to a B plus. Uh oh, you better, or else we're gonna tweet this at him, and, uh, and yeah. he's gonna get pissed at. He's gonna unfollow he's gonna, you. He's gonna make me put my tongue on the uh, icy flagpole. There you go. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, th- that's another memorable moment. You know, a lot, a lot of moments from that movie. I think that's it. I think that's the thing. The moment stick. Yeah. Maybe I gotta bump my grade up a little bit too. Um, it's better than average, I suppose. Uh, B minus for me. okay how about the holiday classic elf oh see i'm gonna end up giving all a's i probably need to adjust my scoring (laughs) i love elf i love will ferrell he's he's so funny um i'm i can only give an a plus to a couple of ones that you might mention i will give that a solid a yeah, I'm a t- I'm going to be tough with with these grades uh, as well. I don't even think an A plus exists, Jason. I'm one of those annoying ass teachers. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I get you. <laughs> but I I will give Elf an A. It's it's hilarious, and um, I, although there's like a gigantic plot hole at the end that bothers me every single time I watch it. Other than that, I you know the movie's hilarious. Will Ferrell's epic. Never saw it. What? Never saw it. I'm never saw it. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Why? I it's, feel like I have because people just have quoted it so so hilarious. often to me. I feel like it's, I know it. It's very funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh next one. Next one. Wanna get a little bit more obscure here. Um Reindeer Games with uh Ben Affleck. It's funny you mentioned that. The next episode is is called Reindeer Games, although I have not seen the whole movie. I've only seen clips. So I, I, I feel like it would be something that I would really, I would like because of the campiness of it. Um, but I, I can't, I can't really score it. Okay. I I really liked it. I remember seeing it in the movie theaters. Um, it's not a good movie. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those action movies that are is definitely fun to watch and had a great director john frankenheimer i believe is the last movie he ever made um before he passed away and he made some some uh classics like the manchurian candidate (laughs) and uh and reindeer games um but it's uh it's funny it's a good cast it's it's kind of a fun movie i'll give it i'll also give it a b minus I'm going to go B minus. Yeah, B minus is good. I, I, I like uh, that you can sit through the movie. It's entertaining uh, for what it is. Like, it is what it is. And if you don't expect the Manchurian candidate, then you're going to get reindeer games and you're going to watch it through and say, well, no big loss. That's great. Yeah. How about Santa Claus versus the Martians? Or Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Actually, oh God, I have not seen that. <laughs> All right, that's that's uh, from 1964. Oh man, I'm going to watch that. A plus. <laughs> I just yep, need the sci-fi title. Sci-fi comedy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you really don't need to watch it. Actually, you get you got it. You hear the title and you get it. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna do one more because I think it's so interesting that the person who made this movie also made a christmas story bob clark black christmas i did not see that no i didn't see 1974 horror film with margot kidder and john saxton i think i've been told to watch that and i haven't yet i haven't had time 
it's you've good. definitely been told to watch it. It's very good. Okay. Uh, Canadian horror film, and they've Ooh, remade it um, twice. Uh, once, I think, last year or the year before it came out. I didn't see that one, but the even the one that was released in like 2006 or something was pretty fun. Um, okay. But the original Canadian version is excellent and has like a twist at the end that will stick with you probably for life. Interesting. Okay. I'll check those out. Uh, so I've got two that I watch every year, like bar none. And that's It's a Wonderful Life. These are my two A pluses. It's a Wonderful Life. And this doesn't deserve an A plus, but I love it for some reason. And that's the Polar Express. I love that movie. <laughs> I watched not the, bad. The animation, oh, time. <laughs> the animation is horrible. But I love that movie. I just think it's so much fun. Um, it gets me in the feels, but, uh, but yeah, boy, I've got, I've got a good, I've never thought this day would come that I would have, <laughs> I would be able to unleash this rant, uh, about the Polar Express on these airwaves. Um, let's, let's go. On one hand, Robert Zemeckis, incredible filmmaker, made this movie, uh, wrote it based on the the famous book, um, made some of these movies like Beowulf that used the, the new technology, this animation in the way that the Polar Express was made back in, was it like 2004, I believe it came out. You're right, the animation sucks. My big gripe with it is Tom Hanks. He plays like five characters. Yes. Why in God's name does he play five characters? He's he's like doing like he's his like Eddie Mike Murphy Myers. impression. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing his Eddie Murphy like like Tom Hanks can disguise his voice at all. He can't. <laughs> he's got he's got no range for characters like that. But he's the same guy. That's the point. He's all the the same guy. Bullshit. Get out of here with that shit. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. The book was good. I love Robert Zemeckis. Tom Hanks, uh, wonderful actor. Don't try to play a bunch of roles in an animated movie and, and do a different, somewhat of a different voice. And it, it turns out to be the same guy. And that's the point. Don't do that. Here, here's what I would say, too. I don't know why he got away from doing live action films. Why, does, why did he get away from that? Because he was he is a great director. Um, and yeah, the animation is like very, very poor. I just love the, like the adventure of it for the kid. And, you know, it's, I don't know what it is. The score gets me like all of the, that thing. And it might be because I have a kid that's also, I don't think I even, I think the first time I saw it was probably the first year he was born or maybe the year before he was born. Um, so, um, you know, as a dad, I just was like, oh, this is fun, but um, yeah, the animation is the animation is so not good. But in, what about It's a Wonderful Life? Not impressed. Not not too <sighs> impressed, to be honest. Man, I, I used to I used to love that movie, and then at some I mean I I I will say I love the last like seven minutes before the very end before that okay. before the 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 angel gets his wings. Line. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I I love when he comes <laughs> back home and and he realizes all of the good things, and then the whole town is like supporting him i i like that that gets me like that that part gets me the rest of it is so Ugh. 1950 mm. no just yeah maybe maybe that but like it doesn't age well in my head yeah gotcha. that's a good point i think i think a lot of those um older holiday movies they it takes you at least for me anyway it sort of takes me out of it i can't uh go into that world anymore it just seems so so much a different a different world these days 
Um, and Robert Zemeckis also made a version of A Christmas Carol, uh, which was animated, and uh, I believe Jim Carrey was in it. And so oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm using my own argument um, about Tom Hanks because I think Jim Carrey plays several roles in it, but he's Jim Carrey. He can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and that was good. I actually did like that, and the animation was pretty – was much better. It was like five years later. Okay. 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 I got another question for you, Jason. Um, <laughs> while we're on the topic of uh, holiday films, who's your favorite Santa Claus depiction of Santa Claus? It's it's probably um, in God Rest His Soul now the Ed Asner from uh, Elf, and it might be because he just died. But I I I just you know I can just see him. Um, yeah, that might be it for me. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty tough to beat, I have to say. That was really good. Um, he comes off authentic in Elf. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which is uh, sort of the part of the movie that bugs me. Um, because if he does exist in this in the world of the movie, obviously, um, then where are those presents coming from? Like, the parents are all surprised that Santa Claus exists <laughs> at the sure. end. They would know he exists. Right. Sure. <laughs> How about you, Lance? You know what just keeps coming to my, coming coming to my brain here is uh and I don't really like it that much but I thought uh okay does it have to be a real santa define real santa you asked the question <laughs> these are your these are your rules <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point um cuz I, I really like what uh Billy Bob Thornton did in Bad Santa I was going to ask how that how did that did not come up but that that yeah. that's that's, right. that's a good one to to talk about It's great uh and i think really? it's, yes and i think it's because i am assigning this like i think it's funny like i really think yeah. it's a funny movie it makes it gives me this like skin crawlies though a little bit just because of how like bad he is you know um, oh yeah that's a great movie it, it's it's very funny but i just feel i have to shower after i watch it basically <laughs> yeah he is pretty gross in it <laughs> Uh, I lo I love it. He asked the kid. He's like, "What? What did the doctor drop you on your head when you were a baby?" And the kid's like, "My head? How did they drop me on my head?" <laughs> I think it's my favorite part of the whole movie. That's great. That <laughs> Whose so head funny. is he gonna drop you on? <laughs> uh, uh, he is very like great. Billy Bob is very good in that movie though. He's 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 great. So. Yeah. And you said earlier that uh, this is the podcast has taken on a bit of a life of its own. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think it's just that this, you know, when I, when I wrote the first season is 12 episodes, right. And, and it's modeled that way because of, because of the 12 days of Christmas. Um, the first day of Christmas is a partridge in a pine tree instead of a partridge in a pear tree. Now the naming convention for the, the episodes don't, you know, take that the whole way through, but I thought it was like, Oh, that's kind of a cool little Christmas nod. But in my mind, when I first uh, started like thinking about this idea, it was going to be 12 episodes and that was going to be it. But as we sort of talked about, all of these other sort of storylines have sort of cropped up. And then if, if Santa's real and this world of Santa's real and the Tooth Fairy's real and the Easter Bunny's real, those are other potential storylines that we could go down. Um, and if, uh, if Richie Buck, is right and santa is not a criminal um then then 
how did he end up in this situation? Was he framed? Um, was he just, you know, sort of a victim of circumstance? Um, you know, uh, wrong place, wrong time sort of thing. So there are all these questions that I think we talk about in, in like the true crime world um, that we're sort of trying to address through this, which have opened up additional questions going forward. So like, I'll tell you this. So like I have reached out to a number of different like real people um, around some of the storylines of these events. And I get to say that they say no comment in every situation because they will not talk to me, which is fine. Um, but like, for instance, Ray Stevens, who had, you know, grandma got run over by a reindeer, which was the version I listened to growing up here in the South. Um, I know there, there was an earlier version. The one I grew up listening to in the 80s and 90s was that version. So I reached out to Ray Stevens to comment on his prophetic uh, song of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer because it is perceived that this grandma in our story got run over by a reindeer. His people got back to me and said, oh, this sounds exactly like something that he would like to talk about. And then I've heard nothing. Um, so those sorts of things are going to be in the show um, because, you know, it's funny. It's funny to me. It gives it a little authenticity um, for the investigation. Um, so it, it really has, you know, kind of crossing a little bit of the boundaries of this world with the real world. There's, there are a couple of other ones that, that will kind of come up later in the season that, that I think are, are very funny as well. But, um, but that's kind of, that's, that's what I mean. <clears throat> and you haven't heard anything from Mr. Ray Stevens yet? No. He's probably blocked me. <laughs> He's getting cold. I'll I'm trying use to look my, up his discography influence. right now. Here we go. I'll, I'll use my influence with the North Pole to uh, <laughs> affect his bounty this holiday. He wrote a song called would jesus wear a rolex he's got so many things like it's he is this southern like parody sort of comedy singer have you guys never heard of him before only for the uh grandma got run over by okay. a reindeer there are yeah. some things i mean sorry it's great music um listen to it uh but there, there are some things in there that I remember listening to as a kid. And I think it was because um, my grandparents just loved his music so much. So they'd pop in a cassette, you know, and just play these, play these songs while we were on road trips or whatever. Um, so I have a lot of, there's a lot of nostalgia in it for, for me. And that's a big part of the, the show too, is, is this, there's this nostalgia that I connect with it throughout the holiday season. Um, you know, for instance, with uh, in, in the second episode, uh, when anytime we talk about Rudolph, we hear his little sound. Um, those things take me back, and I hope it takes people that are listening back to those childhood memories of, of actually watching that, because I haven't watched that in years, but I loved it when I was a kid. So, yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's all part of it is just this connection of the person as they are now to those memories sort of throughout you know, their life of the holidays and just giving them a, a good feeling. And, and that's sort of the Richie Buck motivation throughout the show is 
making sure that's not lost, making sure that you're you're hanging on to the, the happy things that you have because there's a lot of really crappy things, um, you know, that are going on right now. And this is sort of just a, again, a, a separate, you know, while it's sort of like, it's, I call it untrue crime because um, it is a parody, um, but it's, it's an opportunity for people who enjoy the genre, the storytelling, the format, the, the different things, um, you know, the, you know, DNA, the, you know, that kind of stuff, those sorts of things, you know, feature in, in the show. Um, but really it's about, it's about taking a breath out of the seriousness of true crime. You know, we, we will see throughout the season how it plays out, but that's sort of the idea is this, this nostalgia, but with respect to the genre, respect to the holiday season and that sort of thing. And then I also want to say too, really quickly that, um, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to um, feature a different true crime nonprofit in every episode as well. Um, you know, last week we did private investigations for the missing. Um, but that's another thing is that, you know, while we're having some fun with the show, you know, we want to make sure that the, the serious things that need to be talked about are talked about and the light is shine on, uh, shined on or shown on, however you say that, on the right people and places and organizations. So that's important to me. Um, and I know it's important to you guys as well. So uh, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm happy that we're doing as well. Well, good, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us. And we use whatever tense of shine we feel like on these airwaves. We don't care. We don't care if, if we get right. emails about it. Shown, shine, we don't care. Shin. So, shin, I use shin. <laughs> shin. I have shin splints. So uh, oh. make sure you check out Santa May Be a Criminal. It's a great show this holiday season. It's really perfect for the holiday season, and it's airing new episodes now. And we hope you enjoy it. And thanks a lot for listening. And thanks for joining us, Jason. No, thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate and it. And it really, it really warms my heart knowing that there's going to be spinoffs and there's going to be uh, future seasons. Um, it, it's a, it's such a great concept. And I like how you said that it, it it's to take you out of just the seriousness of everything. And it, it does, uh, it does achieve that goal. So uh, well done. Well, I appreciate you guys' support. And, and, and if you don't listen to it, then you're a you're a cold-hearted son of a bitch, and and you should really question list. your decisions in life. <laughs> awesome! Thanks, yeah. guys. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you.